First of all, welcome. This is Unsolicited Perspectives, and I'm your host, Bruce Anthony. On today's episode, I'm going to be doing two segments. I'll be introducing a new segment, The Mailbag, where I'll be answering some comments and questions that people have sent to our social media accounts or directly to our email account. And then back by popular demand, The Love Doctor. I'm going to be giving people some relationship advice. But first things first. So, uh, we got a lot of positive feedbacks when I did the, when me and my sister did the 50th episode and we talked about, uh, my personal life. And then I did a, 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 another episode after that, answering some questions about me personally. And we've been getting a lot of comments in our social media on our YouTube page, uh, and some emails and some comments through our website, different stuff people wanted us to talk about, um, or different questions that they want to ask us about. Uh, about the show or about our lives or anything like that. So I'm opening up the segment with the mailbag, the unsolicited perspectives mailbag, where I will answer some comments and questions that people have brought to us. Today is just me alone, but I've saved a few questions that uh, my sister can answer that I think would be pretty interesting that we'll we'll bring in in the next Daily Daily segment of the next episode. But these are just some questions and comments and opinions that people want from me about various things. Um, I haven't kind of proofed these. I did proof them a little bit, but I haven't really gone through them and with great detail. So you guys are going to be getting raw uh, responses from me. So bear with me as I go through just, I'm just going to go through four or five of these in this first segment uh, and answer or respond to a couple of different comments. So the very first one, uh, Sarah from San Francisco. Thank you, Sarah, for listening all the way out there in San Francisco. Um, She says, I've always admired the unique chemistry between you and your sister on the show. Your discussions are not only engaging, but shed light on various perspectives. Well, it's, it's our unsolicited perspective. So thank you, Sarah, for listening. Uh, what are some of the challenges and benefits of hosting a podcast with your sister? Have you encountered any unique dynamics or advantages that come with sharing the hosting space with, with your sister? Hmm. I, you know, I specifically, I wanted both of my siblings to be on the show, but you know, we've, me and my sister have often talked about my brother does not want to come on the show and we respect that. Um, I've always known that me and my sister have, uh, me and my siblings have a very interesting dynamic. Uh, we are close, uh, but we don't pull any cards when talking to one another. And that's the nature of the house that we grew up in. Uh, we pull no cards. We are raw, real with each other. So I think that comes across whenever we're doing a podcast and we call each other on each other's shit. Like if, if you, if you, are saying a bunch of nonsense, uh, the other person will call you on it. And I happen to have the, the fortune uh, of, of having siblings that are intelligent, smarter than I am, even though they will say, well, Bruce, you shortchange yourself. You're smarter than, I, than we are. Look, we all have different forms of intelligence. We're all above average intelligence. Um, they have the scholastic uh, credentials that are, are better than mine. But um, any uh, unique dynamics no, I pretty much knew who my sister was. There isn't anything that, that we discovered in the process of doing uh, this podcast. Well, I guess there there is one thing. Um, there are oftentimes we try to keep the show 60 minutes or below and we go over. I think we both discovered that 
we are definitely long winded, um, but that we have interesting points that 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 we like to really get across so we don't have a difficult time filling the space. So, I mean, that's that's an interesting dynamic, but really just come down to it. I just really enjoy doing this. Just uh, the show with my sister. It's just fun. Um, each, well, all the shows that I do are fun, whether I'm doing it by myself or I'm doing an interview, but with my sister, this is just a special dynamic and you guys pick up on that. And I know for most of you out there, that's your favorite show. Like when I have my own show, you guys will definitely listen. When I do an interview, you guys will definitely listen, but you guys never miss uh, a sibling happy hour. That's the most downloaded. That's the most listened to. Uh, those are the most watched uh, episodes of, of all of our podcasts. So I know you guys really enjoy that dynamic, but yeah, it's just pretty much, you know, me and my sisters just always, well, we haven't always gotten along, but in our adult lives, we've just really always gotten along. We respect each other's opinion. Um, we, know that sometimes we are going to disagree and that we agree to disagree and we don't ever, you know, when there's never any, really any rift, uh, so that, you know, my sister is hilarious and I think I'm kind of funny too. So, um, yeah, I don't know if there's any unique chemistry. Um, I mean, it is unique, but I don't know if there's, I don't know if other siblings wouldn't have a, a similar chemistry if they didn't, you know, if they didn't do a show together. So, um, I, I enjoy, like I said, I enjoy doing the show with my sis sister. Um, it's always a treat, uh, when we're recording, it's very easy to do it. Uh, it's, it's perhaps the easiest show for me to do it. Not perhaps it is absolutely the easiest show for me to do, even though I have to do all the producing on the show, not to throw my sister under the bus, but she don't do no producing. Uh, I do all the producing on the show, but, but her insight, like she didn't have to bring the uh, production. She brings the talent. So that just works. All right. I uh, hope that I uh, hope I answered your question, Sarah from San Francisco. Thank you for uh, thank you for asking. I appreciate that. All right. This next question is from Carlos in Toronto. Uh, your ability to balance facts with personal viewpoints on uh, social and political issues is pretty cool. The show's thoughtful approach to these topics is refreshing. How do you balance your personal opinions and biases with factual information and research when discussing uh, social or political issues? Is it difficult to maintain this equilibrium, especially in today's polarizing climate? Wow, <laughs> Carlos, you came with it, right? Wow, that's a really uh, interesting question. Now I'm really excited the, the fact that I'm doing this mailbag. How do I keep my personal feelings out of it? I don't. I, I think that when I speak, uh, I wear my emotions on my sleeve. You know exactly where I stand on whatever issue that I'm talking about. Um, I will say that as a historian, I do believe in facts and I like giving those facts to people. And through those facts, you can formulate your opinion about any particular situation. So I like to be informed when I come on here and give my unsolicited perspectives. Uh, but I would say that it, it's great that uh, you feel like you don't notice my viewpoints when we're talking about these issues. Um, I, I don't, I don't know. I think that uh, most of the time, pretty, pretty much everybody knows what my opinion is when we're talking about a subject, though I will say there are times that I, I hold back on giving my full raw uh, opinion on some of these subjects because sometimes it's just too raw for folks out there. But um, how do I maintain this equilibrium in a polarizing climate, it, that's that's really that's a really, really interesting question. Uh, I'm not going to talk about Israel 
uh, and, and Gaza specifically. I'm not going to talk about abortion specifically. I'm not going to talk about religion specifically. Uh, this is a generalized statement that a lot of people, a lot of people are binary and black and white and they join a team and they're locked into that team. They're loyal to that team. And in some ways that's commendable uh, to be loyal to your team. I, I have always thought the truest form of intelligence is knowing when you don't know, right? The, the ability the, the ability to admit when you are wrong is something that few and far people have. Um, and I don't have a problem saying I'm wrong in something. If somebody comes to me with facts, often like my sister does, it's one of the reasons why we had that unique dynamic. Speaking of, uh, I guess it was her name, Sarah, Sarah's question, Sarah Francisco, San Francisco. Yeah. When you have people on there that, that, uh, are smarter than you, uh, and a lot of people that I interview, they are being interviewed for a specific reason. They have an expertise in whatever I'm interviewing them in. So I'm learning. Uh, I just shut the hell up and learn. And then I formulate my opinion as I'm constantly getting information. And you have to be flexible to recognize, okay, this was my opinion. Now I've got more information. It's okay that I change my opinion. I don't have to be so dead set in what I thought something was. It was part of the reason why I gave the history of Israel. A lot of people have a very strong opinion about what's going on uh, in Gaza and in Israel, but really don't have the historical context behind it to really have a, a strong opinion about it. They're just, they're going off of what they've known that's going on in the last month, as opposed to what's been going on over there over the last at least 80 years, but really centuries. Um, so how do I maintain this, uh, this equilibrium and, and don't get one side or another? I, I will say that, that people know what side I am on, on most topics, uh, not when I'm doing interviews because I'm literally learning, but when it's my sister or I'm on a show like this, people understand where I'm coming from and what I stand for. Uh, so I will say that I, I pick a side, um, a lot of times when I'm discussing these type of things, but you know, I, I credit my father. You know, I always tell the story and, and I don't mind rehashing it again that I was, I don't know, nine, 10 years old. And my dad would say, pick a news article uh, that you want to read. And at first it started at something easy like sports that I wouldn't mind reading. And then as I got older, it got into, no, you can only use front page uh, stuff. Right. Uh, but it was just like, OK, read an article and then we're going to discuss it at dinner or whatever. And he would always, I knew that a lot of times that I would have formulated an opinion about something and I knew that he agreed with me, but he would always argue the other point of view. And I'd be like, you, you agree with me. Why are you arguing the other point of view? He said, there are multiple ways to look at a situation. Okay. And just because you're looking at it from this situation doesn't mean that you have all the, all the facts. It's best to examine things from, from multiple points of view. I, and that's how I kind of maintain my balance. Um, and I don't get how I, I, I maintain that balance yet. Yeah, I mean, that's the only way that I can explain it. Credit to my father. Credit to my father for making me live in a world of gray instead of black and white um, and, and, and seeing it through those lens. And uh, I'm appreciative of that. And so that's how I kind of stay balanced. Uh, so thanks, Carlos. Thanks. Uh, thanks for your question. That was that, that was really deep. Okay. All right. That was really deep. All right. This is from Emily from, from NYC. Uh, your show has a knack for navigating through diverse opinions. 
uh, how do you handle feedback and criticism um, and open space for dialogue? Uh, okay. How do I handle feedback or criticism from listeners or guests? I welcome it. Uh, that's how you learn. I Look, growing up in my household, <laughs> right where my, like I said earlier, where my dad would often giving, you know, differing opinions about something, you kind of learn to listen to diverse opinions and to criticism. And I played sports, like getting yelled at or getting criticized or being told what you're doing poorly doesn't really bother me. Um, I know some people have a problem with that, but I'm all for making what I'm doing better. And if I'm wrong on something, please point it out to me. Like I, I'll take that. I, I'll take I'm, I'm wrong. If you pointed out I'm wrong, if you're basing this on factual information, if it's just your opinion and you don't agree with my opinion, I, I don't really care about that. Um, and there is a lot of negative comments that a lot of people don't see because I erase them or I block them, uh, especially on YouTube and in, and, in, and on Instagram, or just people just saying nasty, nasty things. I don't ever get offended by that. That doesn't really bother me because I know that that's them. Something's going on with them. That doesn't really have anything to do with me. Maybe I, maybe I triggered something by what I said. Uh, and I don't ever want to trigger people by by the things that I say. You know, you, you want people to be able to listen to your content, learn from it, uh, laugh, you know, cry, um, be in thought. That's that's kind of the basis of the podcast of what I'm trying to do. Um, but, yeah, some people are just nasty. No, no, it doesn't matter what I what I do. Like, that's just who they're going to be. And so I don't take offense to that. And when you start to say racist and sexist stuff to me, like, OK, that's you're you're not smart. Like you're, you're, you're dumb. And I don't really, I don't really get bothered by that stuff. So I guess my approach is not giving a damn, <laughs> Emily. That's, I mean, Emily, you're, I don't know. You're, you're in NYC. I don't know if you grew up in NYC, but you know, I had family from NYC and I spent a lot of times in the Bronx during the summers going up there and visiting my family for weeks. Uh, sometimes the whole summer's on end. you know, New Yorkers is just like, whatever you take wisecracks and you just keep on moving. I'm not, I'm not built for um, being soft in those type of situations uh, where I take criticism poorly. No, constructive criticism, I welcome. Uh, negative criticism, you know, where you ain't really like trying to help us grow or, or get better. You just like doing little digs. I, I, I pay no attention to it at all. That's just who I am in my personal life. And my sister is very much like me as well in that regard. So we just don't give a damn. Uh, so thank you, Emily. Thank you for your question. Alex in Los Angeles, um, the show's analyst of social media's impact on opinions is fascinating. I'm curious to know your take on, on its influence and in information consumption habits of users. <sighs> so basically, you're, you're asking me what I think about social media's impact um, on its users. Look, social media is what you make of it. There are times then I'm on TikTok or Instagram and something comes across my feed, especially something that's historical, comes across my feed. And I'm like, oh, I didn't know about that. Now, here's where you have to be smart when getting information from social media. You have these reels, you have these TikToks, maybe they're four minutes, maybe they're anywhere from a minute to four minutes, right? That's not a lesson plan. 
right? Like if you go back to, to, to school, when you were in school, a lesson plan lasted a few weeks, if not an entire semester, right? So you can't learn all the details that you need to learn in that little sound bite, but it can give you a kernel of information that you can go and research to learn more about. So that's what I employ people to do. You know, I get on, I get on the older generation, my generation and then the older generation all the time about them getting all their information, news and historical from um, Instagram, TikTok and Twitter, but not doing the work and researching and finding out what's true, what's not true. Because, you know, I'm, I'm one person that, that, that does this. You know, I try to give historical lessons that don't have my opinions in it, but I'm a commentator. I'm not a, uh, a reporter. You know what the difference between a reporter and a commentator is? A reporter just gives you straight raw facts. A commentator is going to mix in a little bit of their opinion or, or, or tell, you a sto- tell you the story and then give their opinion about it. I'm more of a commentator than a reporter, uh, even though I started out in journalism. That's just who I am. It's the reason why I didn't finish in journalism, because you have to start out as a reporter with not letting your personality bleed into what it is you're reporting. And my personality bleeds into everything that I do. Even when I'm writing, uh, if y'all have read some of the blogs, my personality bleeds into the blog. Well, one, it's a blog. But even when I used to write newspaper articles, it reporting became commentary. And then finally, they were just like, just just do a commentary piece because you, you really have trouble just not giving your personality into uh, what it is that you're doing. So a lot of people on social media are doing that. They're not giving you stripped down raw uh, facts. They're giving you a slant, kind of like a documentary, right? Like if you watch a documentary and like Netflix always has all these great documentaries, they're giving you one perspective most of the time on these documentaries. I always like to research. I don't know. Maybe it's the historian in me that 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 loves to do that. Maybe it was the fact that our parents, me and my sister, my, my, me and my siblings, our parents, we used to ask a question and our parents' favorite line was, go look it up. And this is back in the day before Google where you had to you know, go to the library because we didn't have encyclopedias in our house. So go to the library and look up something that you wanted to learn. So that's just been ingrained in me. If you take social media for what it is and just give it a kernel, a spark that it's supposed to do of give you information and then you go and research, you'll be just fine. Social media is fantastic. If you only go on the sound bites, the shorts, the reels, uh, these quick clips where they give you information and that's what you formulate your opinion on, you're always going to be misguided. You have to go and do the research. You have to go find out what is truth what is what is fact and what is opinion? And there's a difference. And also, just because you read, just because it's something historical and you're going to research it, don't focus in on one particular aspect of whatever it is that you're researching, right? Like if you're going to research uh, the Revolutionary War, right? Don't just read about Americans' version of events. Read about Britain's version of events to find the whole context of what is true and what's not true. If anything that we've learned over the past three, four years is that the education system uh, here in America is being manipulated by people and being whitewashed. Uh, The victors write the history, right? To get the true history, you have to, once again, like my dad taught you, taught me, and like I, I want to teach you guys to examine things from different perspectives when you're getting that information. That's so very, very important. When you're on social media, don't take 
the social media clip as the be all end all. All right, I think I'm gonna do one more of these because it's going uh, kind of long. So uh, I have a friend named Priya. This isn't her, but uh, this is Priya from Montreal. Your show always dives into current events with some depth uh, or with such depth. What are the current topics that, that have intrigued you recently? Well, I mean, my sister loves talking about uh, Trump and all his legal cases. That's interesting to me, but it's not so interesting to me. I would say there aren't current topics uh, that I'm intrigued by. That's it, For me, it's always an examination of society and, and these events that happen in our society and people's reactions to them. That's, that's what I like looking at, uh, the reaction of people to events. So what's intriguing to me, uh, you know, I think I said it earlier with uh, one of the questions, um, I'm trying to scroll up, I guess it was Carlos. Um, how do I, you know, equilibrium or how do I stay balanced during all of these uh, very tribal uh, stances that that people take, right? Whatever your tribe may be, whether it's a Republican or a Democrat, whether it's a liberal or conservative, whether it's a, uh, and right now, if you're pro-Israel, pro-Palestine, if you're, um, I, I don't know, pro, pro-life, pro uh, pro-choice, you know, everybody is in, entrenched and this is my position and I'm not budging from it. And you see it currently in Congress um, where, hey, I don't know if we're going to be running into a shutdown or not, but it seems like these Congress people are really, really stubborn and not really willing to negotiate. And just it's fascinating um, to look at society and how much it, it, you know, people are becoming more and more binary, how, how much people are becoming more and more black and white and less and less people out there looking at the world in shades of gray. Um, so I would say it's not any uh, Priya. I would say there's not any particular events, even though all events that have historical consequences or uh, historical aspects to them uh, that I think will be important when we're 20, 30, 40 years down the ride, I, road. I, you know, I am drawn to those type of things. Um, but it's more or less just studying people. Like I, I really love learning about people and learning how people process information, uh, how they respond to the information uh, is really interesting to me. So yeah, there's no, there's no real current topics. I mean, all the topics are interesting to me. I mean, anything that comes out about poor Georgie, George Santos, that's, that's always funny to me. Um, you know, this, the situation with Dwight Howard, I, I feel is interesting. I think it touches on so many different themes as far as male and male sexual assault, um, LGBTQ plus community and how some some people are still finding it difficult to come out. Um, the connection with Mike Johnson, the new House Speaker, and how he's, uh, you know, introducing legislation that is, you know, restrictive to the LGBTQ plus community. Like it's not one current event; it's a culmination of all these different events that that I look at, and and it's just look at how society is responding to it. And you know, everybody thinks that the world is burning right now. I just think people are bombarded by too much information. They don't know how to filter it out. Um, this is the reason why you get so much polarization, right? Like, how, remember back in the day, for some of us out there that are, that, uh, that are listening to this podcast, where we would go to 
Blockbuster, or for me out here on the East Coast, it was Hollywood Video and Blockbuster. And we would pick a night, you know, it was either Tuesday or Friday, because that's when the new releases came out. And we try to find a movie. And, you know, more more or less within 30, 45 minutes, we, we found a, a movie after walking around the store, lollygagging a little bit, and we knew what we wanted to watch. And we'd go home and watch it. Now, with all of the content that are on all the streaming stations, there are times where I'm literally sitting on the couch for an hour, two hours, scrolling through all the different choices, and I have a hard time pinning down. And that's another reason why a lot of people are having a hard time with dating, because we just have so much, so many choices. There's so much information out there. People are picking, choosing what they want to consume and what they don't want to consume, and that's both good and bad, right? Like all of it has a, it could be a slippery slope if you allow it to be a slippery slope, but it could, it could be a good thing if you know how to, to manage, uh, manage yourself. So that's, that's kind of, that's the current topic, people. And that's always a topic for me. It's always going to be the topic for me, people and their reactions. So I hope that long-winded way of answering your question actually answered your question, Priya. Um, more importantly, you know, thank you for uh, for writing us. Thank you for listening. I, I really do appreciate it. Um, so that's all the questions I'm going to answer. Those are pretty good. Like I said, if anybody wants to send in questions or comments and get my or my sister's feedback and you want us to talk about certain topics on the show, just want to hear our perspective. Our, I guess it will be solicited at that point, but our, our perspectives or on different things. Uh, yeah. Email us from our website. There's a connection thing on our website at unsolicitedperspectives.com where you can when you can send something to us. You can send us a comment on our uh, you could DM us DM us on our TikTok or, or on our Twitter or our Instagram. Uh, you can also leave a comment on our YouTube page. And, you know, we'll, we'll I'll be happy to introduce this as a more reoccurring segment uh, mailbag because I love listening. I love hearing from you guys. I love answering uh, your questions. I really enjoyed it during the 50th episode. I enjoyed it now for the mailbag and, uh, I welcome it. So keep sending them up next. It's the return of the love doctor. Hey there, podcast listeners. It's Bruce Anthony here and welcome to another episode of unsolicited perspectives today. I want to talk to you about something that's been on my mind lately, the importance of staying hydrated and taking care of ourselves, whether it's prioritizing our health and wellness or gearing up for festival seasons or just gearing up for whatever season or time of year. There's one brand that's been my go to for all things hydration, Liquid IV. Speaking of health and wellness, let's dive into how Liquid IV can fuel your well-being. Imagine starting your day off right, feeling refreshed and energized. Liquid IV Hydration Multiplier is the missing piece in your daily routine. With just one stick, you get five essential vitamins and two times faster hydration than water alone. It's perfect for those early mornings, pre-workout boosts, moments when you're just feeling run down, or even after a late night or long flights. I absolutely love how convenient Liquid IV is. The packaging makes it easy to bring with me wherever I go. And let me tell you, it's become vital daily part of my routine. The flavors, <laughs> let me tell you something, they're incredible. From refreshing sea berry and strawberry lemonade to classics like lemon lime and watermelon, there's a flavor for every preference. It's like a burst of hydration with a hint of deliciousness. Picture this. One stick of liquid IV mixed in 16 ounces of water, hydrating you two times faster and more efficient than water alone. And with 12 mouth water and flavors, you'll never get bored with your hydration routine. 
Plus, Liquid IV is packed with five essential vitamins, B3, B5, B6, B12, and of course, vitamin C. It's also made with premium ingredients, non-GMO, free of gluten, dairy, and soy. This is hydration at its finest. But it doesn't stop there. Liquid IV believes that access to clean and abundant water is the foundation of a healthier world. That's why they partner with leading organizations finding innovative solutions to help communities protect both their water and their futures. It's incredible to know that Liquid IV has already donated over 39 million servings in 50 plus countries around the world. They truly walk the talk. Get 20% off when you go to liquidiv.com and use code unsolicited at checkout. That's 20% off anything you order when you shop Better Hydration today using promo code unsolicited at liquidiv.com. Remember folks, taking care of ourselves should always be a priority. So why wait? Head over to liquidiv.com, pick your favorite flavors and experience hydration like never before. Stay refreshed, stay hydrated, and keep rocking those unsolicited perspectives. All right, so it's the return. That's right. It's the return of the love doctor. I don't have no smooth, deep Lou Rawls type voice to, to add to this. There's no intro to the segment. It's just me saying the love doctor B ant is here to answer your questions. Uh, I'm going to go through two things that were sent to me by people that listen. They want to hear my um, perspective on their current situation. And then something that somebody sent me on Instagram from a a therapist um, that I thought was really interesting that I'm going to share with you guys. But the first one, um, I'm not going to read this entire email. I'm going to paraphrase it. Um, But this young lady I'm not going to put their names out there. This young lady is asking me what I think about her current situation. Uh, Basically, she's saying that she's been dating a guy for about six months. Uh, They've known each other for over two years. Uh, They've been friendly because they hang in the same circles and just decided recently to start dating. Said one night, uh, I I guess there are horny pills. One night he slipped, he and another friend of his, Slipped me and my friend, the other friend, I guess, I guess the the other two people are dating uh, horny pills in our drinks without telling us. Um, And then we, I found out a couple of weeks later when my friend told me that uh, the guy that she's dating, you know, told us that uh, that's what he did. And uh, when I confronted the guy that I was dating, he was like, oh yeah, I forgot to tell you that I did that. Um, you know, it's, it's nothing happened to you guys. You know, you didn't get hornier. Um, it's kind of no big deal. Um, she goes on to say that uh, she's known him for a long time and he knew that she had been sexually assaulted in college. Um, not by a pill being uh, slipped in her drink, but by her just being too drunk and being sexually assaulted in college. Um she says, should she forgive him and continue on working on things or should she leave him? Um, okay. I will never tell a person if they should or should not forgive uh, a person for, for their actions. That's, that's not my place to tell you what it is you should and should not forgive. 
from another person because I wouldn't want anybody to tell me that. The larger issue is about trust. Um, I don't know if this is an isolated incident. I don't know if if y'all have a trust issue in your relationship. But this was something that he did that was, uh, I, I mean, <laughs> he betrayed your trust. And to know that you have a history of having been sexually assaulted because uh you were sexually assaulted while under the influence. And this person knew about that. You know, I have dated more than a few women. It's, it's unfortunate that it's not uncommon that women are sexually assaulted. I've had a, a few girlfriends, women that I've dated, uh, that were sexually assaulted in the past. And to know that, and to to slip you something, I, I don't know. Like, but I can't tell you. Once again, I can't tell you what you can and cannot trust, or what level of trust that you should give to any individual people. I will say all of those answers are within yourself. Like, your body will will tell you if you've forgiven somebody. Your heart will tell you if you can trust somebody. Um. I would say pay attention to the signs that you have within yourself. If you flinch anytime you leave a drink around him, then it means you don't trust him. If you are still angry about what happened, well, I don't know if anger is the right thing because you can, you can, well, no, anger. No, you need to forgive him and to not be angry. If you're still angry about it, then you haven't forgiven him. And then if you haven't forgiven them and you can't trust them, then you can't move forward with anything serious. So I, I would say, hey, look, you have one or two choices. You could end it now. If you already know the answers to those questions, if you'll be able to forgive them, if you'll be able to trust them, because I can't give you the answers to, to that. That's that's within you and yourself. Um, but I can tell you that your body will let you know your body, your body, your mind, your heart, your spirit will let you know if you'll be able to forgive this person and if you'll be able to trust this person. And then you'll have to decide from there. I would say it's, you guys known each other for a long time, but the relationship is really early. It's really early to be doing something like that. I, 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 I know you're asking me for my opinion and I'm not trying to lead you to one decision or the other. I want you to come to this decision on your own. I can say that for me personally, I could forgive for, I would not be able to forget. And that person wouldn't have my trust anymore, but I'm not going to compare me to, to a lot of people out there. One, I don't trust easily. And it only takes you one time to lose my trust and you never get it again. That's not healthy either. I typically forgive people if they say I'm sorry and sincere. Um, I don't, I don't get angry about it anymore, but I, the relationship changes. That's for me personally, for you. I just think that you should decide within yourself if this is something that you can move past. If this person is worth it, you've known for a long time, y'all decided to start to be together. It could just be a, a dumb mistake. Sometimes people do that. Sometimes people deserve grace. It depends on you whether or how much grace that you want to give them and move forward. But I would say to yourself, even though this was a long-winded of saying it, you you have the answers yourself. In all of these situations, you have the answers. All I can kind of do is kind of make you think about things to to make you see the answer. Um, but you know what you you know what the answer is pretty much already. Um, 
It's just about leaning into that answer. And it's is it's either I'm going to move forward, I'm going to move past this and move forward, or I can't move past this. I'm going to move away from this. And those are really your only two options in this scenario. So I wish you the best of luck. Keep me posted. I want to know what happens. I want to know what you decide to do. All right. This next one is from a guy. Once again, I'm going to keep him uh, nameless, but uh, I'm going to read. I'm going to paraphrase a little bit of this email because it's kind of long, but here we go. Over the past few years, uh, this is a gentleman. He's in his mid thirties. Dating a young woman in her mid-30s. In the past few years of us being together, uh, she has borrowed quite a lot of money from me. I would not specifically say how much out of respect for her, but let's just say it's a big amount. She has problems handling her money, and uh, so I'm trying to be supportive. I've helped her out along the way. Each time she's made sure to make note of what she has borrowed and promised to pay me back, but she never pays me back. She's especially bad with money. She's always spending it. She's always borrowing it, not just for me, from from others as well. Um, She's always buying things that she doesn't need, even though she knows she doesn't need them. Um, And then she gets upset with me when I bring up the fact that she owes me money. Um, It's gotten to the point where I can't even talk to her about it. And I've only brought it up a couple of times over the last few years, even though she consistently borrows money from me. But what am I to do when she gets extremely upset at every mention of it? I don't want to doubt her, but if she has no intention of paying me back at the promising that she would, then this might be an issue for me. Any advice? Bro, I think you answered the question for yourself, right? Like like if if she's borrowed money from you, okay? And, but it's not borrowing. First of all, this is what I will say to anybody out there. If somebody asked to borrow money, just anticipate you not getting that money back. Right? You're not going to get that money back. If if you borrow, if people come to you and they borrow money and they have a track record of paying you back, great. But you should lend the money, not expecting to get it back, and don't lend it if you're not going to be comfortable with not getting it back. That's first and foremost. Another thing you need to think about is finances are so very, very important in a relationship. If you're expecting to move forward with this person, you guys definitely have different takes on fine uh, fi- your financial life. Seems like doesn't seem like from your description she's really bad with money. Seems like you're a little bit more responsible with your money. Are you going to be comfortable being with somebody long term who is irresponsible with their money? The number one root, the number one cause of divorce is financial issues. That's all I'll say. It's financial issues. Uh, So that's something that you need to be cognizant of. If you're bothered by the fact that she's getting upset when you bring it up, why should she, why would she be getting upset? Probably because she's embarrassed because she can't pay you back. And then she keeps having to come to you. Um, If you're getting heated about it now, it's only going to get worse later. Either deal with it, understand that's who she is and accept it or don't accept it. That that's kind of my advice in this situation. I would say that her issues with money could be tied into something mentally that's going on with her. Um, I would suggest that, that she goes and gets some counseling, not financial counseling, because the issue with her and her ability with money might not, I mean, sure, it's financial because she's spending money, but it might be emotional and mental issues that she's dealing with. If she's going out 
spending money that she doesn't have. Sometimes people need instant gratification because they're going through something and they go out and buy stuff. I know I used to do that. I raised my hand. I used to do that. That's the reason why I have so many pairs of Jordans, right? You buy stuff to make you feel good about whatever it is that's going on in your life. People do it all the time. It's, it, people do it all the time. They fill the void that they're missing with various things. Some people do it with workouts. I know people who are addicted with workouts. Some people do it with drugs. Some people do it with alcohol. Some people do it with shopping. So there's something going on that makes her go out and spend money. Uh, so maybe suggest that if she isn't already in therapy. If you love this woman, then you can kind of be like, look, if there's a larger issue here, I want to work it out with you, see if we can fix this issue because I want to be with you. I will say that one of my friends one time got a divorce from his wife because he couldn't handle some of the mental, emotional issues that she was having. She needed to go to therapy. She needed to fix that. And he openly said, hey, that's more than what I could actually handle. I respected him for the fact that, that he was like, look, the issues that are going on here are, are, are more than I could deal with. And I need to remove myself from the situation. People need to put boundaries in their life when they're dealing with other people. You definitely need to put a boundary with, with her and finances, right? Like maybe if you don't feel comfortable not getting paid back, don't loan her, don't loan her any more money. Make, make her liable to other people that loan her money as opposed to you. Um, seek, have her seek some, some, some help so that she can improve upon her financial situation by addressing some of her mental, emotional issues. I guarantee you, and I'm not a therapist, but I've talked to enough therapists and, 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 and enough mental health uh, professionals to know there's something else going on besides her just being poor with money. So suggest it to her. If she's not willing to address the issue, you'll have to figure out if that's something that you could deal with or not. With all my advice, with all the love doctor's advice, with all of it, it's about boundaries for yourself and the relationships that you have with other people, whether it be romantic or, or friendships. Boundaries are so very, very important to make sure that your peace is not being interrupted, not your peace not being interrupted to the point where you're being selfish with your peace. But in some ways you have to be selfish, but, but you know what I mean? Not being so selfish with your peace that you will not bend at all. You can bend, you can bend, not break. You got to make sure that you set those boundaries so that you don't break. Last thing that you want to do, especially if you care about this person is let this issue affect your friendship. Because the very first thing that you must have when you're in a relationship is friendship. You guys have to be friends first before you can be lovers. Otherwise, you're just in a situationship and you're, you're F buddies. F buddies being the F cuss word that I don't want to say on the main show. You're just F buddies. You're sex buddies. That's, that's all you are. If you care about this person, if you potentially love this person, then you'll bend, you'll set boundaries, but you'll also try to help them improve upon themselves because this is a partnership. So, my advice is explain to her, look, I'm not trying to upset you. I just want to let you know that this is bothering me because you are well within your right to express to her your frustration of her basically saying she's going to do something and not doing it. It's holding people accountable to what they say they're going to do. There is nothing wrong with that. So, And you can also address the issue that you had 
you have an issue. There is nothing wrong with being vulnerable with your with your partner and saying, I have a problem. I would like to talk to you about it. Do it in a calm manner, right? And, and just say, this is my issue. I would like to talk about it and address it to hopefully fix this issue. But once again, go into it expecting not to get your money back, but letting your feelings be heard, be heard from her. How she handles that is going to tell you what your next move should be. If she's rejecting it, I, I mean, bruh, I don't really know what to tell you. If she's rejecting you being vulnerable, coming to her with a legitimate issue that you're having with her, then you have to question what are what are her feelings for you if your feelings and your vulnerability aren't being respected. If she's open to it, then, you know, try to figure out the root cause of the issue to the issue is with her spending all her money and, and try to fix it together. Because if you don't address it now, you have to address it now because obviously it's bothering you. You asked for the love doctor's advice. It's about it's bothering you now. Uh, it means it's only going to get worse if it goes unaddressed. So address it now. Hopefully it can be fixed and the relationship could be, uh, could be saved and there won't be any animosity. That's the most important thing. Communication is key. Communicate to her how you're feeling. Communicate to her that you're hurt by it and see what her response is. And, uh, that's the, that's the, uh, that's the advice from the love doctor. I hope everything works out. Once again, contact me. Let me know how that how that plays out. I, I hope everything works out for you. And I hope my advice uh, helps you in this situation. All right. This next thing, it was something that was sent to me on Instagram. Uh, you know, it's funny. It was a snippet and I've done a little research on her. I actually follow her on Instagram. It's Teal Swan. Teal Swan official. She's an author and a new thought leader. She's best selling author. Um, so she does, you know, spiritual stuff and guidance stuff and meditation and, and self-awareness and things of that nature. And she, and somebody sent me something that she said about relationships that I thought was really, really interesting. And I got a few people's feedback, but I'm going to play it now. Once again, this is Teal Swan official, uh, from her Instagram page. And this is her talking about, uh, men and women and what women seek from men in relationships. Be aware. I have to kind of warn you in advance. A lot of the information that I'm going to throw at you in this video, you're not going to like and therefore are probably going to try to resist. What I'm about to tell you is an element of female biology that does not need to be fixed for a woman physically. Attraction is about matching up with a person who will protect you, produce healthy offspring and provide for you and those offspring. The man is your ticket to survival. No matter how much the modern world has changed and no matter how much feminists absolutely hate looking at that truth, it's still the truth for women today on a physical, biological level. A vulnerable male leaves a woman in the position to feel like she has to do it all herself and fend for herself. This means that a male who lacks masculinity or those masculine traits which a woman needs in a relationship in order to feel good she ultimately feels alone, or at best, with a nice sidekick or servant. I'm going to be aware. Okay, so I thought that was really interesting. And the uh, person that sent it to me said they wanted to hear my opinion of it. And I actually haven't sent it to my sister uh, yet. That would be really interesting. I know my sister is going to be on fire uh, about this because the first thing uh, Teal Swan said was feminist beware. Um, 
So I DM'd uh, and sent that to uh, a lot of female friends of mine to get their perspective. And all of them kind of said the same thing. They kind of said, well, I agree, but not completely. And and what they generally said, everybody I said this to in their response back was, yeah, of course, we want a protector and a provider and things of that nature. But the fact that he can't be vulnerable, we don't want that. We want somebody to share their vulnerability with us. And in, in each instance that people responded to me with with that it was all about what they wanted but not how teal swan was speaking to it on a biological physical level not an intellectual or emotional level and everybody's response was more of an intellectual emotional level and i thought this is a fascinating thing i don't know that i agree or disagree with with teal swan it's just interesting to me that basically what she's saying at a primal level women are looking for what men have been described of being since the beginning of time the provider and a protector. And I will absolutely back up the fact that women do like men that show those quote unquote masculinity traits, leader, decisive, protector. Like women, women do want that. Um, and they, they all like every woman said that. Every woman that I ever talked to said, yes, that's what they want, uh, but they also want their man to share. Now, I will say in my own personal life, I'm not the greatest at sharing real vulnerability across the board to anybody, right? Uh, Probably the only person that I actually am close to 100% vulnerable with, and I even still hold back a lot of stuff from her as my bestie, because I've gone through stuff and she's been there and and. I know what she could take and what she can't take um, as far as being my bestie. But I'm not one of those people that's that's very vulnerable. Matter of fact, that was the main criticism with my ex-wife is that I know that you're going through something. I can tell. I can see it in your face and you're just not sharing. The problem is, is that when I did start to share, uh, maybe I shared too much. Maybe it was too much of a shell shock that kind of threw her off. Um not to say that that was the cause of, of our marriage break, breaking up. We should have never got married in the first place. We were friends, not lovers. There's a dramatic difference. Um, and that's the reason why we shouldn't have, we should have never gotten married. But uh, I will say that, that a lot of women have said to me, well, you know, I want you to share. And it's not about like sharing, like being emotional or sharing affection, right? Like I can do that. Most men can do that. It's about Women will talk to you about their job and everything that's going on at work. And and men just don't really, men just don't really do that. Um, They don't really open up like that. And I think a lot of women, whether they want to admit it or not, say they want their man to open up, but truly, truly don't. Truly, truly don't. Because there is a sign of vulnerability, sensitivity quote unquote, whether I don't agree with this term, but quote unquote weakness that goes on associated with that, with that man showing that type of vulnerability. And then at a certain point, your women will kind of look at you and be like, well, wait a minute, can you be the protector? I'll be real honest with uh, all these women out here in these streets. Some might be interested in dating me. Can I fight? I don't know. It's been over 20 years since I've been in a fight. Right. And and one thing I fear, because I tend to date, you know, I tend to date women that are kind of bad, you know, like they, they're attractive. 
you know, and I know they're attractive. I don't mind other men looking at the woman that I'm with. I know the woman I'm with is attractive. You can go ahead and look. When I step away, you try to slide in behind my back and talk to her. I expect that. I expect men to kind of do that. I don't get bothered by that. As long as you're not being disrespectful to her, like, I don't care. And you're not doing it like I'm standing right there and you're trying to do it in my face. Then I got to swing on you. But I'm often afraid of going out here in these streets and getting banked. Like, and if y'all don't know what banked is, that's like when a bunch of people jump on you, right? I'm, that's, you know, these young people out here in these streets, they, they'll do that in a minute. People are out there fighting nowadays. And I haven't been in a fight in 20 years. And I don't do boxing or kickboxing anymore. Like none of the martial arts. I don't know if I can fight. Can I protect my woman? Yeah, I'm pretty strong. And I used to be able to fight. So I can protect her. But to what extent? I don't know. Am I a provider? Yeah, I make decent money. I can provide. But hold up. I don't want to be the provider. Like, I want us to have a partnership. If I make more money than you, okay, that's fine. But that doesn't mean that I'm going to be taking care of all the financial responsibilities of the house. I don't want that. I'm looking for a partner. So, you know, my sister often says people need to stick to the things that they're actually looking for. If you're looking for, if you want to be a stay-at-home mom, stay-at-home wife, and not work, then there is no reason for you to be dating a guy like me who is looking for a partner, somebody that they can share the duties with. There are going to be times where the partnership is lopsided, right? Like you pick up for what the other person is slacking. That's understandable. But you know, if, you, if you're looking for to be kept, don't look for a guy that uh, d- doesn't want to keep you, right? That wants a partnership. Conversely, Dudes, if y'all looking for a woman to just be a stay-at-home mom and to be a mother and a wife, don't go for that career woman, career woman who is serious about her job. Uh, so it's all about your perspective and what you're what you actually want and maintaining that search for what it is that you actually want and stop trying to put people in the box to try and make them fit just because you like them and you're interested in them. Uh, I had to tell a friend earlier today, and and uh that, that came to the love doctor. She came to me as a friend, uh, not the love doctor in the show. But I had to tell a friend earlier today, I was like, look, the situation that you're telling me, I was like, are you asking me for my opinion on what you should do? She said, yes, I want your opinion. I said, you don't need to be in this situation anymore. It's obvious that you and him are not on the same path, but you really like him and you caught feelings for him. So you're looking for any excuse to stay into it, work things out. When he's openly told you this is what he's bringing to the table and it's not the same thing that you want from the table. Yes, you like him. Yes, you want things to work. It's not going to work. You got to step away. My mom told me something years ago. I had to have been, I don't know, young man, like in my early teens, like a teenager, right? In my early teens. And my mom said to me, just because two people love each other doesn't mean that they are meant to be together. And I believe that's a a very, very true statement. Just because two people love each other does not mean that they are meant to be together. Now, if you ain't even got love in the equation and you're already having issues, once again, what are your boundaries? Where are you willing to bend, but make sure that you don't break and you just have to stay in that. So it's, you know, Teal Swan brought up something that's interesting. She brought up something on a very primal biological level, level that women are women expect that I found in all the responses from the women, there was none of them that disputed the fact that they actually do want a man that is a provider and a protector, but they also want somebody to be vulnerability. I think that's, that's cool. 
but I think it's vulnerable to a certain point because I do think there's a, there's a, there's a point of no return where a man can be so vulnerable that no matter how much of a protector of a provider he actually is, he's shown so much vulnerability that the woman just does not see him as that protector and provider anymore. So <laughs> fellas, don't hold in your vulnerability. That's how we die from heart attacks and strokes at a young age because we keep holding things and we don't talk about them. You got to talk about that stuff. Uh, you go mess around at age early, get gray hair, all types of stuff. Look, I'll be the first to admit, ain't a whole lot of wrinkles on my face, right? Part of that is I don't have kids. Another part of that is I don't let things, I don't let things stress me out. If I have an issue, I don't hold it in. I will let you know that I have an issue because it's not going to eat me up inside. I'm already late at night in the shower arguing with myself. So that means I got something that I got to deal with. So if I got to deal with something with a particular person, I'm going to address that issue as soon as possible so that we can fix the issue. Uh, Men, don't be holding stuff in. Let it out. Let it out. And if it's truly your partner, she won't think any less of you. And if she does, then that means it's not meant to be. And for women out there, be careful what you wish for. Be careful what you wish for. You wish for that man to be more vulnerable. Don't judge him when he is. Accept him for all of him or none of him. That's your only choice. And on that note, that's it for another uh, segment of The Love Doctor. That's it for this episode. Once again, if you guys want our opinions about different topics you want to hear, about us uh, talking about different things. If you want to hear uh, us answer your questions, if you want to ask us questions, if you want to get the love doctor's advice, go ahead. Once again, on our website, you can email us. You can go to our website, unsolicitedperspectives.com. You'll find the email uh, button there. You can send us comments through DM, through Instagram, text, uh, tw- uh, Twitter, not text message. Don't nobody have my phone number. Um, <laughs> TikTok. Instagram, uh, Twitter. Uh, you can comment on our YouTube page uh, as well. Leave comments there if you want to get our feedback. All of that stuff uh, helps us grow, helps us become a better show, help us keep kind of keep bringing out this content for you guys. Um, so send it. Let us know. Help us grow. We appreciate you watching, listening, and until next time. As always. I'll holler. That was a hell of a show. Thank you for rocking with us here on Unsolicited Perspectives with Bruce Anthony. Now, before you go, don't forget to follow, subscribe, like, comment, and share our podcast wherever you're listening or watching it to it. Pass it along to your friends. If you enjoy it, that means the people that you rock will enjoy it also. So share the wealth, share the knowledge, share the noise. And for all those people that say, well, I don't have a YouTube. If you have a Gmail account, you have a YouTube. Subscribe to our YouTube channel where you can actually watch our video podcast. But the real party is on our Patreon page. After Hours Uncensored and Talking Straight-ish. After Hours Uncensored is another show with my sister. And once again, the key word there is uncensored. Those are exclusively on our Patreon page. Jump onto our website at unsolicitedperspective.com for all things us. That's where you can get all of our audio, video, our blogs and even buy our merch and if you're really feeling genuine and want to help us out you can donate on our donations page donations go strictly to improving our software and hardware so we can keep giving you guys good content that you can clearly listen to and that you can clearly see so any donation would be appreciated most importantly i want to say thank you thank you thank you 
for listening and watching and supporting us. And I'll catch you next time. Audi 5000. Peace.